Hi, everybody. So before I let you listen to this episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, I just want to give you a quick editor's note. Uh, TLDR, we lost our recording. Uh, this happens. Sometimes things break. And in this instance, one of the audio files from the three of us recording uh, broke, and I don't have any way to salvage it. I've done my best, but it is not salvageable. So um, what we're having to resort to is our backup, which we do record uh, with every recording session. So what you will be hearing is a recording of our Discord conversation instead of the separate local audio files, which means there will be some more artifacting, and there's kind of not much I can do about it. It. I've done my best to make it sound as good as I possibly can, so hopefully it doesn't impact your listening experience. Enjoy the rest of the Halcyon Frequency podcast for this week, and uh, we hope to do better next time. Allergies are fun. Yeah, it's been it was it was really bad for me like two weeks ago, and now it's a bit better. Yeah, because... we're like the height of Bircher currently, so fun times. Yeah, our birch is now normal. Like, like not normal, but like it's like we're already past the peak. So I'm feeling better. I'm starting and... to feel better for my seasonal allergies. I had like about three weeks there where I was just like coughing and sneezing like uncontrollably constantly, and now I'm just like, all right, I'm kind of kind of better now. It's yeah, I'm, 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 I'm still affected because there's still lots of mold spores which I'm allergic to, and I'm gonna be okay until grass pollen season starts, and then I'm gonna be dead again so something that's beneficial about podcasting as a medium is that you can't get pollen spores from the halcyon frequency podcast uh and this <laughs> is episode 18 airing may the 15th i'm blind irl and i'm hosting this episode and i'm joined by bellinaire how are you today hey, hey. and uh we're also joined by uh fg squared um who's hiding from pollen spores yeah, I am. Though, though, a little bit, a little bit, still a little bit. I'm just like social distancing myself from the pollen spores, I think. But I'm doing great. How the are you? The problem is, is they don't want to social distance from you. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. They just get everywhere. They do. Everywhere and all over the place. So uh, we're, we're back for another Sunday episode of this year, Halcyon Frequency podcast. Uh, we, we've got uh, your, your general allotted rambling at the start, followed by your... Uh, Talk of video games and potentially uh, controversial opinions on Songs of Conquest, followed by your allotment <laughs> of news, and then I've got video game fact or fiction lined up for the very end. So uh, I don't. I'm know. really looking forward to that episode teaser. Uh, it's it's gonna be a, a pretty simple little thing, but I'm I'm trying to like I don't know spice up these episodes a little bit with like something fun at the end for every episode. So just you know to make sure people are having fun and not just being dragged along for a show that blind hosts. <laughs> I really enjoyed uh, Is It Pokemon or Star Wars last week. That was really good. I, I hope people enjoyed listening to that. because I, oh, I, I didn't hear that. I need to listen to that as well. Let's go listen to the most good. recent episode of the Halcyon Frequency podcast and skip to the end. <laughs> yeah, but listen to this one first and then go back and then listen to all the other ones as well. Yeah, just, you know... So let, you're up to speed. Just, you know, set a bot so that you listen to them all, and then go back to the beginning, and then listen to them all, and go back to the beginning. Yeah, and share with your grandma, and aunt, and uncle, and mother, and father, and brother, and child, and sister, and sibling, and everything. Yeah, do that. So, so I, feel, I feel kind of bad, because um, we, me and my chat, we were talking about phones yesterday, and... Um, 
one of the members of my chat was just like, yeah, like, uh, I can't load my work app anymore. And we're just like, what, why? And he's just like, because my phone's OS is too old. And then I'm like, what, what kind of phone do you have? And he goes, iOS, but it's like running at three versions behind. I'm just like, wait a second, you have an iOS phone? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, and you listen to my podcast? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, you haven't left a review yet? <laughs> I cooled out. <laughs> just like trapped him in a garden. He's like, how do I do that? <laughs> Here's the link to iTunes where you can review the podcast. He goes, okay, I need to download the app. He's like, so you know what? You already know what I'm going to type in. It's like, yeah, Dwarf Fortress memes, obviously. <laughs> but that's 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 how hard it is to uh, get people to review podcasts on iTunes. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of crazy. We're on episode 18 already. It feels like we started like last week. <laughs> it does. I mean... I, I've done this show almost every week since it started, and with like I think I I think I missed one. Mm, was it, was it, it was one that yep. I wasn't on. Yep. And like I I also feel like we started this like a month ago. Like this feels like a brand new show. We're gonna hit month fifty, like week fifty two, and it'll be a year. And I'm gonna be like, no. well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Who I, knows I, what by then has happened in the world? Honestly, I'm not discounting an alien invasion at this point. Who knows? Well, I, I can tell you this. Um, Starfield will not be out by then. <laughs> yeah, that is that is actually true. That's that's some, like, not... Well, I mean, that's kind of spoiler for later in the podcast, but, like, everybody already knows that, uh, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. That's, that's one of the... I don't know. I, I was pretty... I, I, not to like burn pod for later, but like that 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 was one that I was pretty convinced was gonna make it. Like I, I, I was pretty convinced they were gonna hit that. But I'm yeah, surprised. considering how much marketing they've done already, like uh, yeah. videos and other things. I'm surprised, but I mean, maybe this is also burning stuff for later. Maybe that means Microsoft went in because they saw where it was at, and they were like, <laughs> "Yeah, this is Bethesda." But we know y'all can do better, so take more time and do better. Maybe. I, I, yeah. I, just, uh, I feel a lot maybe. of the things they have been doing lately is uh, because of the Microsoft thing, like moving yeah. stuff to Steam and so on. Yeah. Yeah, so, so may maybe we'll, we'll get a Bethesda game that's like actually then supported by the devs and not just by modders? Maybe? <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it would be a very weird thing, uh, but it would be... Fitting for the times, so I guess <laughs> everything is weird. So mm, that's pretty yeah, fun. yeah, true. <laughs> See, that's the big thing of 2023. Then, since, since we're cool. still in the intro, not quite in the, the the games or news sections of the podcast yet, um, I I have a obligatory blind garden update. All I right, my onion clusters are sprouting. I have uh, replicating onions. They're about they're they're a tiny little white onion around the size of a shallot, and you, mm. you plant one, and they turn into about twelve in a couple of, uh, about two months. And then you dig them up halfway, you pull off all but one and replant one. And then it grows to like 12 well, in a couple cool. of weeks again and you do it again. So every couple of weeks you get like a bundle of onions. I have nine of them planted and they're all sprouting and they're all about, I don't know, three centimeters tall now. So I got little onion sprouts. Um, so I'm very, very proud of that. Um, I'm really jelly of your gardening thing. Also the back of kale you showed yesterday. It's like, I want this well. Mm. I have this monster bag of kale that was given to me um, because the, the little com combination of my mom and the little community garden uh, that I go to, uh, when I was there, the, the guy that was like prepping a plot right across from mine was like ripping out plants and stuff that he didn't want. He's like, hey, do you want like a pile of kale? I was like, yeah. So 
So I have a massive bag of kale, which I'm gonna have my own soon because I'm I have a bunch of kale sprouts. But I I also have a plant update. I guess this is now the Halcyon Frequency Plant Podcast. But uh, I bought a whole bunch of plants like at the start of April, like for the house, not for outside. Well, I mean, I also have a plant plants for outside, but it's mostly just like um, house plants, not flowers, because I don't really like flowers. Though the mm. thing that I'm talking about is a flower. It's really weird. I prefer fl- plants that are just green instead of having flower. But leafy green, um, big leaves, lots of leaves. Lots yeah, of leaves. exactly. Yeah, though um, I bought. One of the plants that I bought was a peace lily. So it is actually a, flower, a plant with flowers. But I have two of those. Um, yeah. I mean, they're really pretty and they're not, they, they don't smell, right? That's, that's what I don't like, like about flowers because they, when they have this overwhelming, cloyingly sweet scents. Like I got it with like four flowers on it and now there's already a fifth and there's like five more coming. This thing is like growing like mad. It's insane. And it's so easy to take care of because you just water it like once a week. And you just leave it in a bathroom in the sun, and it's like, poof, lots of plant. <laughs> great. Yeah, it would be great if something actually grew here as well. <laughs> maybe in a month or something, something you green could maybe, happens. You could do like um, one of those mini trees that they make in Japan. Yeah, bonsai. You could, yeah. you could do bonsai trees. I've actually really wanted one of those. Uh, I've been meaning to buy one for ages. My dad actually that has, a, has a few bonsai trees. I, I do actually have some onions here. growing in the kitchen because I forgot we had red onions and they're sprouting there. <laughs> Just now, now you, okay, coffee grounds? Coffee grounds a little yeah. bit of dirt. Uh, I, I moved to the, we have this like one deciliter, uh, like a measuring thing that's like metal. I plopped it there. It's like, it looks like a nice flower growing now. Aww. Aww, nice. That, oh. that just reminded me of, because we're talking about things growing. Um, when we need a mower lawn. It's, yeah, the grass is growing like it's it's a time for the grass to grow here. You need insanely. to hire the kid up the street to mow your lawn. But that's what suburban living's about, right? There is, I think, one family with like older you, you kids. You need here. to offer to pay the kid V bucks. Um, <laughs> oh God! Better V bucks than Robux. That's true. Yeah, I suppose. Goodness. Please, can we not talk about games? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, th- this has nothing to do with video games. I, I, I bought a mortar and pestle. Ooh. Like a proper... Yeah, like a proper one. granite Fancy. mortar and pestle. Um, there's a, uh, a stoneworks masonry place around here. And um, I went onto their website a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I was just like kind of looking through what they do. And then they, they just have like home and kitchen section. And because uh, I, I always see their sign because they're right next to a, a row of breweries that I go to sometimes out in Port Moody. And they, they always have this sign that's just like hand, hand, handmade and machine like hand machined um, stoneware. And I, and I went to their website because I was bored. And they, they have like uh, solid granite mortar and pestles for like 40 bucks. Nice. So I was like, I want a mortar and pestle. So I like bought a mortar and pestle with like no real thought behind it. So now there's a mortar and pestle on my counter. So I'm going to make like guacamole and stuff. Yeah, that is converting from the moose box. It's very decent price for that. Moose box. <laughs> moose box. Okay. Sorry, I mean, I'll the take that over Monopoly moose box money. To V-box? I mean, <laughs> Canadian pesos, moose bucks, Monopoly money. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so please convert from moose box to V-box to Roblox to dollar redos. All right. <laughs> and then does that mean a didgeridoo is a Ausbuck? 
No, that's a dollar we do. A dollar we do, okay. A dollar we do is a, is an Australian dollar, yeah. <laughs> and now we've offended uh, a whole bunch of the audience. <laughs> if you are offended, uh, please leave a review at... Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Just tell everybody how much FG Squared just sucks. Perfect. But make sure to do it on iTunes. And a five star on iTunes yeah, means it, it, it's really bad. <laughs> so do five stars. <laughs> 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 I mean, don't don't actually talk about the podcast. Just talk about how you're really offended by FG calling your currency uh, dollary dues. And I'll I'll also go leave a review about how I'm offended by moose bucks. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, also, but isn't isn't moose tracks like a like a snack thing? What? I, I probably. Is there, <laughs> I don't is there something called moose tracks that's like a snack? Not yeah, that I've ever heard of. Ice, no, there's Moose Tracks ice cream. I've never heard of this. It's American, but it's Moose Tracks ice cream. Yeah, it's supposedly like, oh, it's a, oh, it's a brand. Oh, okay, it's a brand. It's not a type of ice cream. It's a brand. Still, never heard of this. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to just start a food and a gardening podcast as a side as well. <laughs> I think I, mean, so too, I, yeah. I just, I just want to do a Dune podcast, but I need to find like at least one other person who's willing to read all of Dune with me. <laughs> which is like kind of a big commitment but it's mm. never gonna happen so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna push that one <laughs> maybe maybe we should just make a halcyon frequency book club and it's gonna be dune and you're just gonna read all of dune yeah i mean that, that's literally what i want to do just like two or three chapters a week and then we show up and talk about those two or three chapters we'd have content for the next eight years it'd be great <laughs> or even like every other week and do more chapters i don't know it's it's not gonna happen so i'm it, sure if i want more book stuff in my life i'm already drowning here this that is true <laughs> my facebook plugging and everything that or we I may have been to... standing in the middle of a rocky area today just taking pictures of books uh, for like a 30 minutes that or um <laughs> I, I mean being a book influencer is actually kind of rad if you think about it yeah that's very but cool she actually got some uh for sponsorships as well lately, so it's been interesting. Hell yeah. But then, I mean, to be fair, being a video game influencer is also pretty rad. A grass is greener, <laughs> If right? you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, when, when I were a kid, so it's like, thinking about being a, someone who just talks about games on a podcast and plays them online and makes a living out of that, it's like, what? <laughs> my, yeah. My, my favorite thing that I've ever said to a, a kid who's just like, I want to do what you do. I was like, do you want to own a car? Yeah? Well, then you don't want to do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on on the topic of talking about books on the podcast we i need like one more person to play norco so i could do a spoiler cast for norco real bad i, I like i don't fun time just, to play this that could just go into this podcast feed because like i i mm. want to talk about that ending that game is wild yeah. it was like about eight hours or something like that uh, so it's not super long it depends on how fast you read <laughs> if you're a really fast Slow. reader you could get it done in six five even um, it took me about 13, because I'm a slow reader. Mm. And I talked to chat a lot. And I also did two endings, which adds like an extra 45 minutes. It's a, it, yeah. Nor Norco's a neat game. We talked about it on this podcast. You should go play it. <laughs> it also, I think, I think, as of yesterday anyway, it had overwhelmingly positive reviews. Which is interesting, because it didn't even have enough reviews to have the over... Yeah, so the recent reviews are overwhelmingly positive, and the overall reviews, it doesn't have enough to get the double overwhelmingly positive. Which is kind of fantastic, but... Yeah, but also success for uh, such a good game. 
it, there, there's there's a lot of we're really spoiled for good games right now, and uh, there's mm. there's uh, a lot of reason to talk about them. So I think that we should go to a real quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about some things that we're spoiled and should talk about. We'll we'll, we'll be back in a couple minutes. Hey, my name is Arch from Arch Play Stuff, and you're listening to the Halcyon Frequency podcast. I'm not on this one, but if you want to catch me live on Twitch, you can at twitch.tv slash archplaystuff. Happy listening. Once again, this is the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, episode 18 for May 15th, 2022. I'm blind. I'm here with Bellinair and FG Squared. We're going to talk about some games that we've been playing this week. So, you know, let, let's let's start off with the old and then get into the new as we go. So, Bellinair, you want to talk about Oxygen Not Included? It's your first time back in a while, I think. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a long time. Like uh, I played it when the DLC came out into early access. So I was like, I'm just gonna wait uh, for it to fully fully done. And then uh, it was my five years partnership uh, on Twitch, uh, and uh, auction that included was the game that pretty much pushed me over to get the partner. So I was like, we should play that again just uh, for nostalgia. And it was actually really really fun again. And I, I need to keep playing it uh, because. Uh, there's a lot of really new fancy things that, that I can toy with, like the radiation things and all the new planets and everything. Also, starting on like a weird um, upside down, I started with the magma upper. It feels really challenging. And I was thinking, like, when I was playing previously, it was kind of lacking the challenge because we've had played it like for 600 hours or something. So having that uh, challenge back now is, is great. Yeah, and there's some stuff that's just DLC specific that if you've never played the DLC, you'll just never have like experienced yeah, exactly. it before. Also, there is a sauna now in the game, so obviously I have to play it. <laughs> of course, yeah. I still need to get back to it at some point. Like you, you playing it, like watching you play it that day, made me like really close to like wanting to play it again. But I'm not, I'm not quite there yet to hit the button to like stream the game. You know what we need to do? We need to do a Passover save. So I'll play it today and I'll give it to you and you give it to me and so on. Mm. Because that's going to create massive chaos. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before. That made, that's, that's, that's a lot of chaos. See, that could be intriguing though. Like we did that on RimWorld and uh, some other games also. It, uh, it's been always really fun. So I think an auction I think we could work on that as well. Yeah, I fun. mean, people have done that in the past. So yeah, absolutely. I could I could be convinced to do that. <laughs> I think. Well, you'll have to convince each other then, I think. Um, I'm apparently getting card drops in Steam right now. Strange. Um, FG, what the heck's Lost Nova? Uh, Lost Nova is a tiny little indie exploration adventure game um, made by the person who made the art for Forager. If you played that in the past, so it has really adorable art. There, there is some, there's some callbacks in there, some like art style and and like just short <coughs> dialogue, like callbacks to certain other games. It's really, it's really charming. Um, it's pretty short. I finished the story in about four hours, but basically, you are Mia, a person that never stops working, and then her spaceship crashes on a planet. <laughs> and- Space influencer. Yeah, pretty much. And it, it's a story about how uh, basically Mia should just stop and smell the flowers uh, every once in a while. 
uh, while helping people and talking with people rather than just work all the time. So uh, it was really charming and cute and wholesome. I also felt a little bit cold out. <laughs> cause, uh, uh, hashtag relatable, I guess. But no, it's really cute. Um, it's it's longer if you want to 100% it in terms of achievements and like do all the help things that you can do uh on on the planet but i really really enjoyed it and it's yeah it's a one it's a single um dev i think it's actually and that's really cute it's made by the artist of forager and then it's like published by the developer of forager <laughs> it's mm. really cute <laughs> mm. and yeah no i i really enjoyed it there's a couple of things um that I'd love to see changed because it has what I like to call the wobble cam. Uh, basically, if you're playing with WASD and uh, you have, um, you know, you you uh, aim because there's some, there's some easy aiming because you have a laser and you aim with your mouse and you turn around like with a mouse and it does the whole um, tie the camera to the mouse so you can like zoom like when when you the further you go to the right the screen moves as well and that's really bad for my motion sickness simulation sickness or motion sickness from video games and um i had to play with a cat controller because uh it was a lot less on controller it was still there but i could like pour power through it for four hours so i really wish it had an option for, to not have that because you don't really need it in the game um because you don't need to like you don't have there's no enemies in the game it makes sense to have that in games where enemies will start shooting you and attacking you from off screen but on that game you really didn't need it, and I really would love a an option to turn that off. Yeah, like yeah, or just uh, tie it into like a hotkey or something, so you could peek if you need to peek. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I always go back to Brigador, which is a game where you literally need that mechanic in order to like shoot enemies off screen in the higher levels. However, that game also lets you turn down the game speed because the game is locked to its frame rate, so you can just like lower the game's speed and make it skip frames so things move only like at once every eight frames or whatever instead of once per frame and so you can slow the game down so that it looks like it's moving in slow motion and just play with the locked camera and just dodge <laughs> it's like it's fine yeah that's that's doable like the, the, as i said like lost nova really doesn't need it um i, I get where they do it because you get just a bigger range even though without having to move your character but it is it is besides motion blur probably like for me personally my biggest trigger of simulation sickness so i i yeah i i still need to reach out and like have a chat with a dev about that like just dm them or whatever because it's a single person dev like it's like yeah they're going to be relatively approachable about that sort of thing and they probably may have just never heard of that being an issue um so hopefully yeah. it gets a setting in the future where it can turn that off yeah. Still a really charming game though, and I if you want like a wholesome little adventure game that you can just run around in a really pretty world with really nice music as well, I definitely super recommend it because I really enjoyed it. Also, like I just I just want to bring up one thing because you say that like kind of the theme of the game is to like slow down and smell the flowers, and you 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 seem to be a, you feel a little bit called out by this. Is it maybe less of a you feel called out, more of a hey valuable life lesson? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's true. That's true too, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it, it, if a game, like, makes you slow down and think, hmm, maybe I should slow down for a bit, maybe that's not a bad thing that the game's making you think Oh, that. no, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess, yeah, feeling, saying feel, I feel called out is, is too harsh. I was, that's most more of a, a joking thing, like, 
admitting that the game has a point. Mm, I gotcha. Because it definitely has a point in that regard. <laughs> so, Belenair, uh Jedi Fallen Order. Orderly Falling Jedi. Um, how game? Uh, game good. So, there was that uh, May the 4th be with you thing. And Bench people kind of jokingly fifth. told me that I should play the Star Wars. Uh, and I was like, yeah, why should I? So I just grabbed it from a Game Pass uh, because I had it well for one euro again. So I was like, why not? And um, I actually ended up liking it so much that I uh, then finished uh, the game uh, this this week. Uh, um, surprisingly good Star Wars game. And I'm usually not even into like Star Wars. I kind of think it's kind of eh, mostly the stories and everything. But this one actually grabbed me really hard. Also, the combat being a little dark saucy helped uh, as well. And force pushing people off the ledges uh, never gets older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been fun since 1995 in the games that were made out of 18 polygons. Yeah, and then, then you get like mass push and uh, bigger push and all the pushes and it's like pulling and throwing everything around. It's just fun. But then also the story was written really well. I really enjoyed the story mostly. And I kind of hope that there's a sequel coming at some point as well. Yeah, they, they are working a sequel, on a sequel. Yeah. They're yeah. working on a sequel. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been confirmed. And it also made me really hyped for the other Star Wars game, the uh, Eclipse that's coming out this year from the people who made uh, Detroit become human. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, like I played the, the Detroit earlier this year in like January or something. You know? It's probably one of the best games I've played ever. So having a Star Wars plus that uh, is probably re- going to be interesting. I really wish that Quantic Dream was a game studio that I could feel good about supporting, but they're kind of like Activision in that they're one of those studios that I just can't. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I realize that, like, the games that they make, people like, so. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do make good games. But that's, uh... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although their their games are irreparably tied to Sean in my head. So. <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's so good. Sean! 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 <laughs> oh god, that be- is... To those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, there's a bug in the end of Heavy Raid that I don't know if it ever got fixed, but, like, you could, like, there was a button where you had to press to scream for help, to scream for Sean, because Sean's missing, and um, there's a bug where it's just infinitely repeatable, and you can make the line glitch over itself, so you just, you get to that sequence, and you're supposed to be able to shout Sean, like, two or three times, right, and then it removes the thing, but there's a bug where that that prompt just stays on screen for, like, the rest of that sequence, and it's like, people are crying, and, like, it's pouring rain, and you're just in the background spamming, Sean! Yeah, because it's, it's, isn't it basically ending? Like, people literally get killed, and you it's just got literally Sean! like main characters are dying, <laughs> yeah. completely unrelated to Sean. And, like, it's like it's eight minute sequence of, like, not cutscene, but like quick time event, essentially. And you can just sit there in the background and scream Sean for the entirety of it. Oh, that is amazing. I actually found a similar bug in Mass Effect there. Uh, when you went to the pilot and pressed the button there, and he said Captain. And when you press that enough times, it bugged out, and then you could press Captain anywhere. <laughs> I may have had too much fun with that. I, that I also would like a personal captain, but in real life. True, yeah, that actually, I'd be, I'd be okay with that too, yeah. I, I need like a, that was easy, staples button, except like, <laughs> swap it out to just say captain. <laughs> but then I have, I literally have a thing on my desk that lets me do that, and um, I literally need to press Needed to press today the three buttons out of the twelve that can um, 
you know, do sound effects that I have actually assigned to something to find the thing that I was looking for. So I have it. I just never use that thing. So I could theoretically have a thing that just goes captain all the time whenever I press the button, but I just forget to use it. <laughs> but yeah. So um, since I haven't talked about a game yet and you guys have both talked about games, um, I'm going to ramble about Citizen Sleeper for a second. Um, do it. So I, I think I mentioned this on last week's pod very briefly, um, but I, I want to dive into Citizen Sleeper for a second here because I'm about, I don't know, a third of the way through it now, I think. I'm on cycle nine, whatever that means. Um, so do either of you know anything about Citizen Sleeper or should I just start from the beginning? I watched you a little bit uh, yesterday. Okay. Yeah, no, I know as well, so I'm, I'm good to go, but probably want to still go into it because there's probably people listening that have never heard about the game and what it is about. So what I'm going to say before I start this is literally everything I'm going to say is kind of either a mechanical or a story spoiler because it's a narrative-based game. Um, so keep that in mind, I guess. Uh, so Citizen Sleeper is a science fiction, um, post-capitalism, gamified uh, person. It's the it's the, it's the science fiction post-capitalism post capitalism gamification of being a person with debilitating disabilities unable to afford their health care. That is Citizen Sleeper. But what 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 it ends up being is it's a uh, it's a narrative adventure with that's very text heavy um, that has kind of two sides to it. There's dialogue and there is the dice games. The kind of basic lore pitch is there are people called sleepers and sleepers are living people that sold their consciousness to um, AgroCorp, which is the corporation that runs everything. Um, and uh, when you sell your consciousness to this corporation, they take your consciousness and they make a copy of it and they put that copy into a uh, synthetic human being um, called and then you are uh, you awake and you are called a sleeper. These synthetic creatures can live in hard vacuum. For a time, they can uh, live on very unhospitable planets, um, and they can function a basically as hard laborers, and you, in theory, um, will wake back up in your body, but the second you're put into the sleeper, you realize, oh, this is a copy of my brain, and I am not that actual person from before. That other person that was me once, who accepted money to be ported into this body, could potentially just, you know, wake up and go do other things. So you never know what happened to your body, essentially. Um, so now you're locked in this body, uh, which has feelings and can feel pain and taste and other sensations that a human can feel, except you are not human. And you do not own the rights to your body. You are, you don't, you do not have the right to consciousness, as this game likes to remind you. Um, you uh, then, in, in the prologue of this game, um, escape on a freighter in an explosion in a tunnel, uh, in a mining shaft, and uh, you, you get onto a freighter and you are shipped off and you spend weeks and weeks and weeks in hard vacuum in this shipping container and you wake up on the eye in a salvage yard. Um, and uh, a character named Dragos, who's, a, uh, um, who's, who's got a, a drone interface uh, basically welded to his face, permanently implanted, um, wakes you up and gives you a job knows exactly what you are where you came from and basically helps you kind of get back on your feet and then the game loop becomes uh, a loop of getting acquiring the mandatory pharmaceuticals that you need to keep your planned obsolescence from uh from from kicking in and your body rejecting your brain 
So you have to go and get these things called stabilizers, which are only um, produced by the corporation that made you. Um, and they have no reason to release them because you are their property or your body is their property. Um, and you have to acquire these stabilizers. These stabilizers cost money, so you have to earn money. Now, you every day when you wake up in this game, because the game works in cycles, which is kind of like a turn, it kind of looks like something that's going to be like a, an XCOM sort of like run-based thing, but it's not. It's a story game that you play to the end. Every day you wake up and you're given dice. The number of, you can have up to six dice. The number of dice that you are given is based off of your body's um, status, essentially. So you uh, have the full bar, which is your healthy, right? And then it goes down to fatigued. Um, every cycle you lose one pip of your body's physique, essentially. Um, you go down to fatigued and then you lose one dice. If it goes down further, you lose another dice, all the way down to only having one dice. Um, dice are one through six. The higher the dice, the better outcomes you will get on jobs and tasks. And the lower uh, the dice, the worse the outcomes could be on each task. Um, a task can be positive, neutral, or negative. Um, if it's positive, the task succeeds and it can move a loading clock forward. Um, if, if it's neutral, it'll move the loading clock forward and you don't get any bonuses. And if it's negative, it moves the loading clock forward, but it could hurt you. So it could either cost you money, um, it could move other clocks forward that are negative, things like something tracking you or somebody following you or a bad event coming. Or it could uh, cause per permanent damage to your bodies to make you go get pharmaceuticals earlier. It could uh, make your hunger bar go down, so you have to go acquire food. I don't know if this game has a failure state, because I don't know anybody who's hit it. It very much seems like the dice rolls that you get and the clocks that move forward dictate what ending you get. Um, so it's all about managing the odds of whether or not you can succeed a job, to move the story forward in different ways. Um, it's a game that autosaves constantly. You can't quick save. I was able to um, jump back to a quick save when I accidentally moved a day forward when I didn't intend to, but um, it's like not a game that you can like just put down a hard save and um, like save scum it. Um, it's not that type of game. There's also a whole hacking layer where um, you can like dissociate from your body and um go into the neural net of the of the station and actually use dice without the concern of a fail of a failed dice roll um put dice into these nodes on the hacking network and uh extract information about the history of the station that you're on um from people who've left their connections open <laughs> throughout the station but every single time and those require specific numbers so maybe you rolled a bunch of ones uh, some of those will only require ones. Some of the hacking, um, so the, the 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 hacking nodes all require lower dice rolls. I should say that. So they're all below six, oh, below three. So it's three twos and ones are what they require, but they require exactly that dice. So if you have two ones at the end and you're like, mm, I don't want to risk it on a dangerous job, I, you can jump over into the hacking screen and find some nodes that you can put ones into to um, just unlock data on the history of the station. So. Um, I like I said I haven't finished the game yet. I'm I'm going to. Uh, I'll probably finish it early next week. But um the fact that it's gamifying trying to survive in a in a capitalist society as somebody who is rapidly dissociating and also um borderline unable to afford their own meds in a world that only exists to profit from them is just a 
you know, FG was saying, like, feels called out and stri strikes home. This really hits home. And it's... I was just listening here to this guy. Really the whole cool. thing is like, this sounds like my life. It's like, <laughs> it's like totally, <laughs> totally feels familiar. It's it's like I I gave the pitch to Northern Quarter, who's a, a I would say a friend of the show, um, who's who's another Canadian um, who also works at medical uh, in his day job, and I, I I went by his stream, and he's just like, oh, what, what were you playing? And I told him, and I gave him kind of like the very baseline elevator pitch. He goes, man, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> And it, yeah, it, it definitely sounds like some heavy topics and probably pretty depressing parts as well. It kind of is, but because of the game's setting, it's actually very light. Like the the like the writing is dense, and it the themes are very dour, but the it kind of has Akira vibes to it, if that makes sense. And mm. it like it doesn't feel anime, but it. It's got that kind of, like, if you just look at the, if you just go to the Steam page for Citizen Sleeper and you look at the character art, a lot of the characters are not larger than life. That's hard to, that's the wrong word, but like exaggerated in a little way that makes them really likable. So you have some, like, yeah, the world is really downtrodden and dark. Yeah, the themes are really harsh and jagged and the, things that you and your character are going to have to to go through in this game are difficult but the the writing i think softens the blow of that a lot like some minor topical spoilers here but there there's a um a vendor that you talk to um who you can from what i can tell completely skip as a character if you want to but it's one of the starting icons and he, he this this person sells you um fungus and he makes stir fries for you. And one of the things that you need is food. So you can totally go to the, um, there, there's an area that you can unlock where you can get really cheap food, which are just, uh, air quotes, expired rations, which are like five credits a piece. Or for a few more credits, um, or cryo as they call it in the game, which is literally cryptocurrency. I found places where I'm mining it. Uh, but you, you can get cryo. And for 15 cryo, you can buy uh, stir fried fungus from this vendor. And if you buy every couple of, that you buy it moves his clock forward and when his clock fills up you get dialogue with him and you literally can just sit there and vent stories about your life to this fungus vendor and he listens and he has these little anecdotes that he kicks back at you which are super cheerful and happy and then he gives you this quest line where you have to go and find forage for fungus in the greenways in the greenhouses in the basement of the space station so you end up you end up like with this little mini game like hunting for fungus and all of his dialogue is super happy and it's like this little world within this bigger, darker world. And yeah, there's horrifying things in this game, but it's completely offset by these super cheerful, pleasant to be around, well-written characters. So, would you say there's, it's bleak, but there's a lot of hope in the world still? There's absolutely very hopeful characters, yes. Like, um, another character that you run into in the first couple of cycles. Um, I won't say anything specific about them, but let's just say they're trying to uh, remove the final hold of the corporations on the station and boot them out entirely to, to evict all of the control that's left and is trying to find the last few stalwart holdouts of the, 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 the corporation that built the station initially. Um, so there's like revolutions and uprisings and... Um, 
like the the remnants of the old corporations being booted and stuff like that. Like there's absolutely hope in the story, but the framing of it is like it, it's 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 a very good example of extremely harsh subject matter being presented in a way that is very digestible. That's good because um that actually makes the game sound even more attractive to me because there was this trend in media recently where everything is just like nitty and gritty and dark and depressing and there's no hope for anything. And I hate it. I hate it so much because it's certainly not the Yeah. Grim dark type thing. Yeah, that's good. I've I've but so I haven't played it yet. It's not gonna be a game that unfortunately I'll um play on stream, even though people have asked, but there's just so much text in it. Like I literally had people come in yesterday. It's a book. Ask yeah, will you play Citizen Sleeper? I said that no because of that. And they came in this morning, they were like game is really good but there's so much text there's so much text <laughs> you can just tell them to go watch blind play citizen sleeper it's fine <laughs> yeah that's what i that's what i said exactly I, I told you i told them that you were playing it exactly but yeah that's definitely going to be one that i'll play um i think on my own because then i can just you know read it without having to read it out loud which is unfortunately um one like for me at least like one of the most challenging things to do play a game like that that is that doesn't have a narrator or a voice acting unfortunately because it's just it just it just yeah. wrecks my voice yeah it's a really rough reading sometimes of text there so something i'm going to complain about with citizen sleeper um for mm-hmm. a second is, is all, you you may notice all of the things that i've said that are really 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 nice about it are about the writing the art direction and i also love the music um there's a few places in the ui that um just make me scratch my head um so you're on this space station, right? And it's like this circular space station. I don't think motion sickness would be an issue. Um, but like, I think if you move the space station really quickly, it kind of made me go, whoa, that was like not a thing I like seeing. Um, mm. So there's that. But the dice pop-ups pop up around the station when you click on the icons. Like it zooms in on the station and then these this UX pops up. But the UX is for the dice on the screen shifts depending on what goals there are. And there are definitely times where, like, oh, half of the dialogue will be over top of a window in the backdrop of the station. And because it's got a transparent background on the back of the uh, little dialogue box, there's, like, a light right behind it. And it's the same color as the text. So I can't read a third of that flavor text. Um, it's mm, it's only yeah, happened okay. a couple of times. But there's definitely been, I've had issues with, like, UI UI overlapping on, like, lighting in the background where it's just like, oh, that's completely obscuring that piece of wording. Which either means, like, that's intentional and wouldn't surprise me with this type of game. But it, it is quite annoying. So there are, I, I have run into a few, like, minor UX gripes. Um, also, like, you're clicking and dragging these di- dice from the top of the screen. And the way, like, down into, like, say you rolled a six, right? You take, you click that six, and then you click where you want it to go on the UI. The normal thing for, like, me as a mouse user would be to click on it, hold down, and then drag it, and then let go. That doesn't work. Yeah. You have to click, let go of the button, and then it's stuck to your mouse, and then you click where you want to place it. Oh, yeah, that's odd. Yeah, that like, would, that, I, I would constantly do that incorrectly too yeah and and i constantly do it incorrectly that and there's like no way to reset the dice that i found if you place there and you decide man i want to put a different dice now you have to back out of the man back out of that screen to the spaceship overview and then zoom back in which takes half a second but is like 
it, there, there's definitely places in Citizen Sleeper where it's like, ah, yes, this was made by a really small team in two years. There's definitely mm. things there because I, I played their last game, which came out like it was like end of 2019. Their other game, their last. Hold on, actually, I'm gonna double check that. But like, I played this team's other game, which was in Other Waters, um, which was also a great narrative adventure that with a linear storytelling that's neat. Yeah, April 3rd, 2020 was when their last game came out. So like, they're very much a writing and art studio. Maybe not so much of a games design studio. I mean, th this this game is very much a it's a dice game and table. It feels like you're playing a tabletop RPG with the game, right? Um, which yeah. is really cool, and I love that. But uh, it de there's definitely going to be a few spots where it's like, mm, I wish that you maybe made a slightly different decision with that UI. It's really pretty, but I wish there was a slight ch change there in a few spots. But nothing. Yeah, it sounds nothing like almost like a it, it would be because of like a controller support or something because. Uh... With a controller, you would do it more like that way. I don't even know if it has control support. Hold on, let me check. Yeah, I don't know if it has or anything, but it, it sounds like a, it would be someone who's more used to controlling things, maybe with a controller, than with a keyboard and mouse. I don't think it has... No, it does have full controller support, so yeah, maybe. Well, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Any, but yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's nothing that would be like... Like just actually as as an example, if you if you go to the Steam page and you go to the one, two, three, fourth screenshot, um, there is a yeah, four out of ten, the fourth screenshot. There's a thing over on the left that says critical action and there's like windows behind it. Imagine that, but like it's the windows in the center of the screenshot instead of the ones on the left. Because I've had like that almost exact camera angle with that yeah, same UI. Totally it's yeah, that's yeah, like that's yeah, it says critical thing. action, but you need to know whether or not it says critical action or repeatable action. Because those are both important differentiators that you need to make. But aside from the minor UI gripes, uh, I this game is it's been a phenomenal experience so far, and I can't wait to play through the rest of it. That's Citizen yeah. Sleeper. Yeah, I'm this, sold. Yeah, <laughs> for me, this well. is, yeah, for me, this is going to be one that I'll play by myself. I think. Please tell but me when you really play good. it, and please play it soon, <laughs> and then we we can record a separate podcast with spoilers. I, I, I just want to talk about spoilers. <laughs> The story games. I just yeah. I want to talk about them. They're fun. I feel mm. there would be a niche for some streamer who uh, has like a really good voice and is good, really good at reading things like this. Just play with these uh, super text-heavy games. You know what's mm. funny? I, I would imagine they would do really well. Like um, people would just love, love to listen to that in the background. I think I might be becoming that person because I uh, I had a better time streaming this. Just audience interest and chat interaction and. Uh, audience excitement-wise, than uh, Songs of Conquest, which also, you know, came out this week. Yeah. Same. I think all three of actually. us played. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry. Like, just just to, like, hook into what you said there, I had a couple of people in my audience be really interested in it. And what feels like the rest of them just couldn't really care less. And, um, but that's just, that's just, yeah, I don't know, that's just, that might just be my audience. Um, besides that, what I think of the game, like, we all played it, as you said, and it's, for, for those of you who don't know, it's, um, basically a love letter to Heroes of Light and Magic, especially three, and it takes almost all of its gameplay from the series, like, down to tiny things how combat is handled and other things like how city construction stuff... is handled yeah city constructions over like the war the the war in the overworld because you know it's going back before back and forth between you and then there's the other 
wielders that you have to like wrench the control back so you get your production buildings back etc etc and um it goes so far as to like not even mention things in the tutorial that are a classic staple of heroes of Might and magic games like that for example when you attack somebody with a melee character and or when you attack somebody in melee range there will be a retaliation action that is not mentioned anywhere in the game. In the tutorial, it's not mentioned anywhere. So you kind of just go like, what? They tell you about attack of opportunities, but not about that. It's, it's very odd. Um, there, there's a few things that's kind of odd about the game. So what did I think about it? I was really hyped for it because the art was amazing. The art, like, I have hands down not seen pixel art that good in a really long time. But... Take a shot. Every time in this podcast, we say the pixel... We haven't seen pixel art that good in a really long time because it's mm. like every two or three episodes. Somebody says that. Anyway, go on. No, but, like but, but like, Yeah, but Songs of Conquest is like out of this world. Yeah, it, it because, is particularly good. It is wonderfully beautiful. Yeah, they have because they have pixel art with tilt shift and stuff just looks... In the overworld, looks so good. I'm, I'm actually going to uh, complain about the art in a second, but... Go, go mm. No, that's fine. That's fine. That, that there, there's there's some stuff there to be said as well. I have complaints about, for example, about the city management screen. I think the art style does not help with the city management screen at all because there is none. You can just be in the overworld and you have to look for like brown patches of space on the floor, and they're not always easy to see. And anyways, so sorry. this game launched in early access. I think we should claim. Yes. So it, this yes. isn't this isn't finished. It's it's it, it's been out like for a couple of days now, and it's in early access. And, it is a um, small team. Yeah, pretty small team. In early access, but this is what we got after five years of development. Five I don't years. think that has anything to do with anything. I mean, what what is here is quite polished. So I I, I don't think that like you know I mean J Jupiter Hell was in development for a decade. So you know they they used to joke that they were going to release uh, Jupiter Hell before. Um, uh, but before Gearbox would release uh, Duke Nukem Forever. So, <laughs> like, that that was their joke, was that they'd release Jupiter Hell before Duke Nukem Forever. So, like, I, I don't yeah. think the length of dev time has anything to do with it or is really worth talking about. I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely, it shows their dedication, but I think at the same time, it also kind of shows that, I don't know. I mean, there, there is some stuff that's really polished. But then there's also some stuff that's like requires more could... QA, which is what they're getting now. Yeah, a yeah, lot more. Yeah, the combat QA. balance definitely needs some work. Um... Uh, I found like, and that's 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 so, the, uh, that's me... my problem with the game. The combat is so boring. It is so boring and way too easy in the campaign. I only played the first campaign. I have not played skirmish mode. Did you finish? You, you obviously didn't meet the hero I met in the campaign uh, with the chain lightning. Because that's absolutely bugged. Yeah, FG, did you did you finish the campaign? Uh, I played everything but the last map in the first campaign. Yeah, it was the second last map where I met that hero. Because holy yeah, heck, no, difficulty I, I spike. Those, fir those first two mission, those first two parts of that campaign are like for the first campaign because there's two campaigns in the game, and they're mm. admittedly they're they're pretty hefty. There's quite a bit to them. Like it took me about six hours to finish the first one. Um, and the the first mission was like stone simple easy, which was fine. Second mission was just as easy. Third mission, I actually had to think, so I got steamrolled initially, and then was like, oh, okay, I'm actually playing Heroes of Might and Magic now, or in this case, Songs of Conquest, right? And yeah, so but, yeah. then I steamrolled them, and then I played the last yeah. mission, and I 
steamrolled the first half of it, and then I had hit that character that Bell is talking about, that I got steamrolled, and then I was like, you know what? I'm done streaming this for the day. I'm just like... Was that, just... was yeah. that the last mission in the campaign, or the second to last mission? It's the fourth it's mission. second last for me. Fourth mission. Okay. Is, 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 is the one that I got demolished I think it was third on. for me. Um, so, I guess uh, you can get different heroes against you on those other than... I guess so, yeah. But yeah, it was like, a, I had a... Damaging spell of my own hero, which did a uh, ten damage on a single unit, which like nothing. Mm. And then um, their hero rolls in with the chain lightning that jumps from uh, my unit, different unit, and hits like three, <laughs> four units at the same time. Two hundred damage on everyone, and it literally just melted my whole army like yeah. in, in a turn. It's like, well, there's nothing I can do. Did the uh, uh, for two of my armies and a whole garrison of uh, defenders, and uh, there was nothing I could do. That sucks. I I don't know if I just did it so quickly because I took like half of the map. I took like three quarters of that map really quickly before they even started like rolling out. And I, so what I did, because that was the map where you first get your second wielder, right? And you could theoretically get more. I never got another wielder. I only had one wielder. I just pumped everything into that wielder and leveled. Every time I could get the choice, take something or take XP. I took XP. So I was like, four to five levels higher than the enemy's wielders. Mm. Okay. Sorry. I was ju I was <laughs> juggling two wielders and mm. didn't realize that the game was going to want me to turn around and fight the guys that were chasing me initially, which is why I got steamrolled mm. the first time on that mission. But like, I, I lost one of those battles as well, but that's also, as you exactly said, I didn't realize that this is the map where the actual gameplay starts. Because mm. they, they don't really <laughs> signpost that at all. Yeah. Like if I realized I had to play like that style of strategy game, I would have been playing that style of strategy game. But up until that point, it was like an adventure strategy game. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to yeah. keep plop, plopping along through this yeah, map from objective much. to objective. Yeah, but exactly. It was also, also annoying on that same map when the enemy builders just appear out of thin air, basically. Like you basically check out this corner and there's nothing there. And then suddenly yeah, a massive army just rolls out of nowhere. Yeah. The AI, the AI is only strong in that game because it cheats. I mean, All it did Might and Magic, too. <laughs> yeah, which is... But, like... AI is it, hard. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel good in this game. No. And, it like, here's a Might and Magic 3. It's like, how old now? Yes. So, would you not, like, in a successor, maybe try to, like, put some work into that to make it better? I, I, I feel know. like if they're going for the Might and Magic audience, though, they're going for online PvP. You know, yeah. like that's what, and I don't think any of us have played any of the online, True. right? So, yeah, no, no, we just have multiplayer and uh, custom my... maps and everything. So, my, okay, so I have three major complaints about this game, mm. and I'm going to start with the petty one first. The very <laughs> first instance of the use of the word color in this game is spelled with a U. Every other instance <laughs> of the word color in this game, post that first usage, is not spelled with a U. <laughs> So I submitted a bug report for a spelling error every single time I saw the word color after that first <laughs> time I saw the word color. Oh because you spelled color right once, now you're spelling it wrong. So there must be two people doing yeah, writing on one this. Consistent yeah, one Or so. somebody just like went in for consistency and missed one. But yeah. like that that's going to bother me. Um, the, 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 the second major complaint I have about this game, I think is, I'm just going to echo what FG said. Um, this game touts fast battles, and they really, 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 really are. They are very fast. Mm. Like, you get into a battle, it's like less than 30 seconds, and you're out of the battle. 
But the problem with the battles being like, I think that there's a fine line in a ba in a game like this between battles that are nice and feel good and battles that are too long. Um, kind of as an example, um, Planetfall, Age of Wonders, Planetfall. That game's battles were too long, right? Like by like the animations, yeah, uh, everything. Like you'd be in a battle for like sometimes upwards of ten minutes, and that's just that sucks. Like never make me do that in a big grand not not a grand strategy game but ne never make me do that in a big turn-based strategy game right like that's mm. that's too long to be in one battle but this game's battles are like under a minute and half the time i like i don't feel like i could have really had much impact like i feel like they tend to go one of two ways i get into the battle and i steamroll immediately or i get into the battle and it's like kind of tense for a few seconds and then i steamroll them or they yeah. just steamroll me instantly. And because it's but, over so quickly, I feel like I should have just auto-battled it. Like, I... Yeah. That was yeah. kind of, you know, some other magic as well. Either you had a steamroll army or a, you struggled and then you just beat them. Yes, but in Might and Magic, they, like, from what I remember anyway, the battles took longer. And I didn't feel like it was just over. So even if it was, like, a tough battle and I lost, at least I felt like it was a tough battle and I lost. Instead of just, well, I guess I died then. Like, I don't have enough time to get invested in the fight. Like, I literally wish that the animations were slower. Like, just add... They like, are very fast, for sure. Like, g give, me a, give me, like, an option to slow down the animations in that screen and just let the battles take, like, an extra minute so I have time to digest what just happened. I, on mm. the other hand, had a couple fights where uh, it actually took a little longer. Like, it wasn't just a steamroll instantly. And it was actually really fun when it was a, a longer. And I got to use, like, a, you get this spell that allows you to put a like a barrier on one of the tiles, so you have to break it to move through. And it actually really affects the enemy's AI. They don't seem to usually break it, they just go around. So yeah. you could kind of like, a, a with the like high ground and everything, you could actually play with the terrain and things. And I, I found that really fun and interesting well, on a couple of fights that were actually longer, but most of the fights were like Why do I two have seconds to done. Say about the magic system? <laughs> the, the, go ahead, sorry. The last major complaint that I have about this game that I want to air um, is the visuals this game is beautiful it's gorgeous this is one of the best games for screenshots that i that maybe has come out in the last couple of years just as a here's a still frame screenshot of this video game my god it looks beautiful like this is like the nicest example of that since like stone shard right where it's just like here is one screenshot of this and this looks incredible but when i actually am playing it I'm playing it like I'm playing Heroes of Might and Magic. I'm jumping from one side of the map to the other, especially because I played a skirmish um, off stream after that I ended streaming that day, where when you have multiple wielders and multiple armies in different places, you're jumping between them. The game has some pretty... No, this might just be my machine. The game has some pretty severe popping. Yeah, I had the same issue. When a game is really mm. pretty and it looks gorgeous and you jump across the map and half of the assets aren't loaded in and then, like... Two to four seconds later, they all pop in. It takes you right out of it, and you lose the sense of where you are in the map. It's disorienting, and it's not pleasant. Um, so yeah, I had also I some have... viewers yeah. comment on that. That's a lot of just jumping around on the map, and then two seconds of battle, and then jumping around the map. Yeah. That's not very pleasant to even watch uh, as a viewer. The, the last major issue that I have with this is when you're zoomed out on the map, there's so much going on, so much color, so much bloom, so many effects, so many like tiny little details on the, the ground. It's actually, it becomes a form over function problem where 
I have to just hit tab to tab between the wielders because I can't see them on the map. Like they just blend in with the mm. background. They don't stand out. There's, I have the same problem with uh, like the resources and everything as well. Like yeah, I missed on like stones and wooden mm -hmm. other I, piles. In OG, because well, uh, sparkle Might effect magic. around them, but they were hard to see. It, would you, would you magic, like everything stood out because like the background was just plain green, right? Which was like a like it was very simple, but it was a benefit because the giant chest that's the thing that you click on is super clear. Whereas this, it's like a little mm -hmm. pile of rocks just blends in with the cliff face. Yeah, it does really yeah. well. Yeah, you know what? Um, when you're on the overworld, uh, hit Alt, and then everything gets an outline and text. But the game doesn't tell you. Well, now I know. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. pressed it accidentally. And I was like, wow, what is yeah. this? Yeah, exactly. But the game doesn't tell you. I struggled with that so much as well. And I, I know exactly what you mean. The art style is pretty. It's beautiful. But it's also heckin' busy. It is so busy that it's because there's so much. Because there's literally something on the overworld. Like every four or five tiles, there's just something there. Yeah. So like alt, alt. Is I want the way that to go. alt option on all the time. Yes. But yes. even then, like, yeah, I, totally I, want, I want an option to just, like, make, like, remove some of the sprites. Like, I, mm. I want some of the grass to be gone. I want the game to look more simple because, like, as much as I, yeah. I adore the art in this game and it looks gorgeous in screenshots and it looks gorgeous in motion, too, with everything, like, animating slightly, just, like, but the second you start moving that camera around and you start getting issues with pop-in and you start trying to play the game, like, it becomes... On that note... Because you were talking about petty, petty things. Go nuts. I also have a petty thing. <laughs> and you know what? You know what it is? Every time you do a battle, and obviously because, you know, you do a lot of battles in this because it's the, you know, it's the point of the game. Um, it's like you can have a kill cam on on the last kill and you have like a character flying through the screen. There's just blood everywhere. And the victory screen pops up and it's like, da -da 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 -da! like it's just like a super happy little jaunty little tune. For the victory screen, it just feels so out of place. I really like that jingle. <laughs> no, it felt so out of place for me like, every time. The, the first battle I did, the last character to die, died on a uh, elevated tile. So they had like the high ground and they their body was levitating in midair. So yeah, it was, it yeah, was I had that funny. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but actual like, like serious issues that I have is... Um, so... The way this game tries to separate itself a little bit is by the magic system and by the order, like like um, what is it called? Is that order? No, order is one of the system, like one of the yeah uh, essences. Essences, yes, thank you. That's the word. So there are six, no, eight, seven. No, there's different essences. And, I think there's five different ones. Uh... Or five? I don't know. There, there's there's essences, and um, you gain essences through upgrades for your wielder, but also through your troops. And different troops give you different essences. And then these essences, you get them every turn in a battle, and that unlocks spells for you. To get the good spells, first of all, it takes ages, and the, usually the battles are over before you get to the good spells. Um, and to get the good spells, you have to have certain types of units, but those units are not necessarily the best to have in the, in the fights. Well, I've noticed, um, for example, like, because Militia is OP air, especially if you can just sh long range shoot with them, like, and they, they kill everything. Yeah, yes, they can only go every turn, person. every other turn, but they're OP as heck. So it's like, I don't know, like, they tried something that's different. 
It, it feels like a big balance issue as well compared to like the Heroes of Metal Magic where yeah. you have like a magic pool that uh, slowly filled up, um, but it's stayed between the battles, so you can just spam the best spells all the time. But in this one, because you can, uh, if, if the combat lasts long enough, uh, you will always have the Chain Lightning that kills the enemy's army every fight. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's, it's like, it's a cool idea, but I think in practice it just doesn't work. Yeah, I really like the, actually the spell system, but uh, I think it would maybe fit a different type of game better. <laughs> like yeah, the, how yeah. it works is really cool. Um, if it was like a, like a roguelike or something and your gear and whatnot gave you the order points and mm. the essence and whatnot, uh, and then you pull the spells out of that, that would be cool. But in a, in a Heroes of Might and Magic style game, I don't think it works uh, that well. Agreed. I, I, I like the idea of the magic. My issue with the magic is that the spells that I got were always really boring. It was like, oh, well, here's a really good buff for everybody, or keep one unit alive, or damage one unit. It's like The order that. spells wanna... are very, very boring. The oh, other yeah. ones are much more interesting, which you don't really get until, well, I guess, scenarios or other campaigns. Yeah, See, that's skir- what I skirmish also stuff, to like, say. It's like, I just want to drop a fireball on the baddie. Like, yeah. Just... Yeah. Give me magic. I don't want air quotes magic. I make you stronger. I want magic. I drop meteor on your head. <laughs> That's exactly a problem that I had with the entire first campaign as well. For some reason, the thing that they chose to introduce you to the game with is literally the most boring wielder with the most boring units as their units to use. Yep. And all, so, so something that my chat Why? pointed out actually was I think that the point of this, this was something that one, one, one of my audience members said, so I'm going to do my best to quote it. I think that this intro campaign is supposed to make you hate this character, hate this faction, and want to play every other faction. Yes, because but boy, how yeah. did it do a good job of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we also all dislike the character so much. Like, like all that of was us. Some of the, like, not, not to just go back into petty pet peeves here, but that was some of the worst dialogue I've seen in a video game this year. Considering, oh, writing. like, in the same week, I saw some of the best writing and best dialogue I've played in video games in my life, followed by uh, some of the, well, I guess you really are following in the footsteps of OG Might and Magic, because woof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, like, uh, I, what I, what I disliked is that it took you a solid, like, even if you, because I knew this was going to be a Heroes of Might and Magic game so what i did was in the in campaign like in part one and two of the campaign i guess i shouldn't have bothered because you know clearly i didn't need it i went around and grabbed all the resources so it took me like three plus hours to get to the point where it's actually like yeah now you're playing the actual game in the campaign and it's just i don't know there's just for me there's just so many things at the moment where i'm just why like this, i just i oh. to me and, and maybe this is kind of my closing thought on this one but to me songs of conquest seems like a good foundation for what could be a really good video game that is in dire need of like a year and a half's worth of heavy qa yes and we're yeah, now paying for the privilege of providing that qa I mean, that kind of is the early access, though. So. Well, see, it here's, is the early thing. here's the thing, though. I think there's kind of like three types of early access games, right? There's games that go into early access because they need funding. There's games that go into early access because they need QA and don't want to pay for it. And then there's games that go into early access because they don't know what they're doing. This one seems like a mix of the last two. Yeah, I guess if, you, if they are uh, aiming for that uh, 
kind of esports <laughs> Heroes of Might and Magic because people play that three yeah, still it's, it's so much. Uh, so if they if they are going for that, I, I imagine uh, like a, having a good community feedback is going to be beneficial for sure. Yeah. So I I I agree with you, and I've been ragging on the game a lot. Quite blood. It's coming from a place of like. It's coming like, from a place of like love. wanting it to go get it's coming from a place of love. I want this to be good and I want it to be fun. It's just not. Like, it's like all, well, I always say on stream that uh, um, if I'm complaining a lot about the game, it's because I care about the game and yeah. I want it to be better and not not because I hate the game. If I yeah. don't like a game, I just stop playing it and I'm gonna play something else. Yeah. Uh, another quote from my chat. Oh, is blind hate playing a game again? <laughs> So I, I think I think we were all in agreement with keep an eye on this one, but but maybe just hold off on buying it for a little bit longer. Unless you really, really, really want to support the devs. I'll, I'll say this. Unless you really, really want to support the devs or you have a friend who you want to play PvP with or PvE with. Because I think that this this would be a really fun one to just buy with a friend and just sit down and curb stomp some AI every weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. That this would be a really fun game for that. Um, but I if you just wanted to do that as well, if, if you want to play single player, yeah, yeah I, hard. Man, anyway. <laughs> so if you're planning on playing co-op or you want to play PvP, going or you want to make custom maps because there is a fantastic map editor in there and there's already a ton of community maps. So if you yeah. want to like mess with custom maps and stuff, yeah, it's interesting. It, you can skip the the uh, built-in yeah, campaigns distorted. and yeah. don't go into it for heavy single-player content. That's, that yeah. would be my recommendation. Also, props, and I, I, that's really good. I think as like a closing thought, it does have multiplayer already, so that's mm -hmm. good. That's yeah. really it good. Has, it has multiplayer and co-op. Yeah, and experimental campaign co-op, where you hmm. both control the same faction, which is interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're we're gonna keep an eye on this one. I think. I yeah. will at least. I will yeah, for sure. If, if only to look at the screenshots, that look really pretty. <laughs> it reminds me actually the the Octopath Traveler from uh, Square Enix. Yeah, kind of similar uh, triangle strategy. Pixel art yeah. Yep. And that's that's a lovely style. True. On uh, lovely style topic, uh, Bellinaire, you want to talk about your impressions on Tile Cities? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I play my FG. <laughs> FG was talking about it uh, on on Discord, uh, and I was like, oh, this looks like a kind of neat game. And uh, it's uh, it's by the devs who are making Ostriva as well, and it's it's for um, basically support of uh, the cause in Ukraine. Uh, but it's a, it's a small, quirky like tile-based city building game, like a super uh, chill casual uh, where you plop down uh, different styles of a. Uh, it's basically Tetris, but you're building a city, <laughs> more or less. And uh, FG was have been playing has been playing the a bunch. Um, and uh, I was like, I'll try it as well for like half an hour at the start of the stream and I'll move to the next game. Four hours later, I'm still plopping the tiles. And I'm like, I, I, need, I need to plop some more tiles, but I need to also play other games. And it, it's, it's a fantastic small game. Like it's 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 so cheap as well. Like it, costs, it costs nothing and the money goes to a really good cause. So I can definitely recommend on that. Yes, Tile City is great. Yeah, we, it's I like think my Zen chill out game, I think. Like we, that's, we've talked that's... about Tile Cities on here quite a bit already, I think. So. Yeah. But it's... Did you feel the whole uh, playable area yet, or are you still? No, I haven't yet. I'm at 5,200 points at the moment. Eleanor, what's your top score? Um, I'm not actually, yeah, less than 1,000, I think. 
Good on me. Because I, 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 I got one up to about 4,000 and I just got bored and started over. Because I was it, is, it is really hard to lose on that game. If you, once you figure out the, how the demand system works and everything, it just uh, keeps going and going and going. Which isn't a bad thing, though. I, I, no, no, I, no. It's not, it's, and it, it's it does not... have a sandbox as well if you if you just want to plop down the tiles and not really care about anything. Yeah. With, with the sandbox, too, you can also um like just hit the R button until it finds the piece that you need. Mm. So you can... If if you mess up a bunch of tiles, you can go back. Actually, I want to figure out if you can make that square city achievement in the sandbox mode. Yeah, <laughs> I might, yeah. I, I know so many that. people. I know so many people have been trying to get the square city achievement. I don't have it either yet. That seems really difficult, actually. I came really close and I messed up one tile and failed it. Ah, I mean, zero percent of the people who own that game had that achievement, apparently. Yeah, it seems really difficult to do, especially because so many of the pieces that you get are triangles. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of perfectly shapes. square city with no holes in the middle. Yeah, it's difficult. But it, it's a it's a cool game. I, I I really like it. The thing that I that I like the most about Dial Cities is that I've recommend I, I've been recommending it a bunch on stream. I haven't streamed it at all, but I've been recommending it, and I made two videos about it. And um, a bunch of my viewers that I know like don't have a lot of spending money have picked it up and are just like, yo, I have like 18 hours in this now. <laughs> like, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, so many of my, yeah, if I look at my friends list, there is two, four, six, eight. There's like over 10 people who have the game now. Yeah, Sorry. I think I, my friends list is smaller than yours. So it's like mostly just like, I think it's four people and everybody's in the stream team. So <laughs> but, <laughs> um, it, it's, there, there's definitely like a, a growing list of people that I know that have it. But I think that's everything for games. Oh, actually, no, we're, we're missing one. FG, do you want to talk about Duolingo? Because that's a game, right? <laughs> yeah, that's totally a game, right? That's, that's literally what I wrote in the document. It's a game, right? I mean, it has gamification in it. No, um, I, I, took a, I took a day off this week because I wasn't feeling well, and I played some other games, but I've already talked about them on the podcast, so I thought, I'm going to talk about them. Because normally I'm the one who like talks about all the games. So I thought, I'll, I'll just have three, but... Um, I did some Duolingo on Monday. Um, again, it's been a long time since I did it. I'm doing Japanese on it, and um, I don't know. It's it's. Can you I, say something the... in Japanese? Hi. <laughs> no. <laughs> say one sentence in Japanese. Say like, I can't speak Japanese in Japanese. I don't know how to say that. Well, then it's obviously not working very well. <laughs> but it hasn't taught me that yet. Well, what has it, it taught ta you? <laughs> Um, I mean, obviously, it's not going to tell you how to not say that you don't understand the language. Because the point is that you understand the language. <laughs> but you should be. Um, able to... I could. I could say blind IRL. Wow, Vancouver, because that's how you say Vancouver, because that's mm -hmm. one of the words in the katakana lesson. So blind IRL wa Vancouver ni sunde imas. That means you live in Vancouver. Vancouver, there you go. Can, can, can you say we're going to go to a real quick break and when we come back, we're going to talk no. about the news? No, Dang. I can't. <laughs> I wish. That would be so cool. Oh. I could do it in German, but uh, yeah, not in Japanese just yet. How are you liking the lessons on <laughs> non-Japanese? So the thing is with Duolingo, um, the more, because I've been using it for a really long time, like I said, there's a really long time. I'm, I'm on a 120 plus day streak with actually doing something every single day. And having learned a lot of languages, um, I can finally see like the thought pattern behind the app. And that's good. So like it actually teaches you things like 
on purpose and like the way the xp system works as well which how you like rank up in leagues and whatnot is actually really clever like it gives you a low amount of xp for new lessons but you get high amount of xps if you go back to old lessons and practices practice them but that's actually what you need to do when you learn languages right you go and learn new stuff and then you go back to the old stuff and repeat it again and practice again and then you progress a bit further and you go back and you practice again and if you do that every day that actually really helps but um at the same time i also really freaking hate the gamification in this app i hate it so much <laughs> Like I I I kind of hate that there is um achievements. I kind of hate the whole leak system and all that sort of stuff at the same time because I don't want to say it stresses me out, but I don't know. Like it it diverts my attention from the I'm using this app because I want to learn languages too. Oh, I need to do this app because I need to get XXP so I stay in this league, or I need to get XXP so I can work on getting that achievement and that sort of stuff. And yeah, makes that sense. That annoys so. me. Uh, and we don't have enough gamification as our job and everything already. So yeah, exactly. So um, it's a really valuable app, especially because it's free and that's always cool. Um, and I've been enjoying using it, but I also freaking hate the gamification and I could like totally like do without it. <laughs> but it was yeah. fun to stream it because there's actually a whole bunch of people in my community that either live in Japan or uh, are studying Japan, or speak Japanese, and we've just had, and it just um, comes to, like, really cool, like, you come to really cool conversations about languages, but I just like anyways, and yeah. um, explaining it to somebody who has no idea what's going on is also really cool, because it helps me. Yeah, because you need to process through your brain, and then to explain to someone else. Uh, exactly, it helps, yeah, uh, so you, you understand it even better. Yeah. I think throughout our, all our communities, there's quite a lot of people using Duolingo for a yeah. variety of languages huh? absolutely and I, and yeah no it was fun to stream it i streamed it for like two hours didn't do much but like the conversation like it's it's very different thing to stream compared to games even though it is a game quote unquote yeah um it's a fun thing no i didn't enjoy that yeah, it would be a fun thing to do like maybe sunday morning language learning lesson with yep. friends and so on I've, I've been meaning to try it as well but, uh, it's really cool. It's, it's it's very different. It's like you know how you when sometimes when you do like the the word guessing game or the language guessing game or like just even GeoGuessr. It's like a yeah. different type of game. And yeah, I've really always enjoyed like learning languages as well. Like I did like yeah. too many at school, Same. <laughs> and I would love to go back to like Japanese and German and so on. So. Yep. So yeah, Duolingo. Check it out. It's free. Not sponsored, but it's free. So that's oh, it's always cool. They should sponsor this podcast, though. Like, let's let's be honest. Hey, Duolingo, you want to like? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. Yeah, tell them about us. Like, I mean, we are so international. We could hold this podcast in like three different languages at least. So there you go. Um, I I can only <laughs> speak one, so that you might. Yeah, be you have English covered. <laughs> then Kiri and I do do it in German, and then Balana does a solo hosting show in Finnish. I can do Swedish as well, pretty badly. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. I, isn't, I know, isn't like, that just finished, but with less vowels. No, no it's no. totally different. No, that's Danish and Swedish and Norwegian, but then Finnish is very different. Finnish I, I know just four. Got drunk and stole all, all of the vowels from the rest of the world. <laughs> I know four <laughs> words in Swedish in Finnish, and that's it. So there you go. Anyway, um, anyway, off let's, topic. Let, let's let's go. <laughs> let's go to a real quick break, and we'll come back. We're going to talk about the news. Hey. My name is Arch from Arch Play Stuff. 
and you're listening to the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. I'm not on this one, but if you want to catch me live on Twitch, you can at twitch.tv slash archplaystuff. Happy listening. Herzlich willkommen zurück zum Halcyon Frequency Podcast mit mir, FG Squared. Uh, mit mir zusammen dabei sind Blind, I-A-L und Bellana. Hello. And uh, jetzt kommen wir zu den Nachrichten. Well, no, there we go. Let's go. Let's go back to English so everybody understands what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> But uh, back to the news segment. And um, slight warning, I guess. The first one is a bit of a heavy hitter. We already alluded to it, the, the topic a little bit while talking about South Cities. Um, the next one is Kotaku had a um, very, for me personally, like interesting and intriguing article about game development during wartime in Ukraine. So if you if you don't want to hear about that, you might want to skip forward a little bit in the podcast. Can't blame you if you've just been hearing it in the news everywhere all the time. Um, but uh, basically what they did um, is they just interviewed various different um, game developers from uh, kind of all over the country. Um, and And they've just kind of been talking about their um experiences developing um a game which is your livelihood so obviously you kind of have to keep working on it but at the same time you also have to like fear for your life and it's just been for me personally just a really fascinating read and uh yeah they've, they've had like developers on As I said, like from from certain from certain cities where they were actually like under under uh, enemy occupation, they were or attack, you know, because there were some from Kiev, for example. There were some that had like uh, some personnel in Bucha, though they got out before stuff really happened, apparently. And other people like that that were already um, they had some some people outside already of Poland and. It's just a it's just a glimpse into the life of people affected by it. And um a, a particular line in this article that really stood out to me. I'm just gonna read verbatim from this article. If you mm. want to read the whole article, it, it is also linked uh, in the podcast description. But um game game development then uh, this is like a, a quote from a, a game developer in Ukraine. And they say, Game development is more important for my for me than my life. Uh, says Andrew uh, Kokhan, which I'm probably butchering, K-O-K-H-A-N, uh, founder of Nightcat Studios, an independent Ukrainian game development studio. On March 30th, uh, Kokhan uh, traveled to Kiev um, from the southern city of Ismail um, to retrieve the studio's data storage devices, and at the time, the city was being shelled by Russian by Russian soldiers. Uh, while the dangers were obvious, Kokhan told Kotaku over a call that he actually had multiple reasons to enter Kiev to collect the studio's data storage devices amid the act of war. And they say, it's it was almost five years of not just my work, but also the work of my big team, so it would have be very unfair to lose that data. Which is... Yeah. Like, just, you know, puts it into perspective. It's just... This is not just people's livelihoods. This is years and years, like, of multiple yeah, of people's Yeah, passion. Work. And it's like, it's like they've literally, like... It's this big project you've put years of your life into. Because this could theoretically technically be a game that's not even out yet, right? It's a project you've been like working on for years. And I can I can I can relate. It was just a very relatable article. 
in a way because yeah. not, not just years of work but also like a considerable sum of money yeah which that would be too. like totally gone mm-hmm. yeah so it would, uh, it would be like project zomboid losing their code in a fire yeah basically. and in a flood <laughs> again and in a break-in <laughs> yeah, I don't know. yeah. That's strange right uh, but like, i think that's was the flood the the flood was um, no man's sky I think wasn't it also zomboid but did, I, did anyway. they have a flood yeah. I don't know I know that no man's Store sky did have they lost like data. a patch of work or something yeah. store your data in a safe location off site a backup do yes. it <laughs> do in it. the cloud potentially please <laughs> anyways right. yeah no I uh, the, the the articles like this are difficult to read but i i do think that like mm. if you're going to read anything about wars it's easier to read things within industries that you understand right and like for me i can read articles about geopolitics and understand some of it and then move on with my day and a lot of that is scary and stressful and stuff that i can't affect right but you know stuff like this as, as somebody who obsessed obsesses over video games i can read an article like this and you know Wish list and share the games. Like there, there's yeah, things, I help. feel like there's things I can do even if small, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, we we actually like just to like give you a glimpse glimpse behind the podcast. We actually kind of debated about talking about that, and there was kind of a back and forth. Like we even within me, just like whether or not do we talk about it because people kind of want maybe not to, but then at the same time, it is it is important to talk about and it's important to share um resources and also important to share resources for people affected by this like even because you outside can also be affected by this just because it's such a mentally draining situation as well so um go seek help if you need it and go help people in ukraine if you can even if it's just sharing like a game by a ukrainian developer that you really like like tile cities go buy it it's two dollars or three dollars and two pounds three dollars and 40 cents in weird canadian money Exactly. But um, let's let's move from dark times topics to other dark times topics. <laughs> topics. <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, I mean... Uh, more normal dark times topics. How's that? Yeah. And, and with a tiny light at the end of the tunnel? Maybe? So the, this article from Fanbyte here, uh, they, they, they talk about um, Traveler's Tales, uh, employees speaking out uh, about uh, Skywalker, Saga, and Crunch. Yeah, crunch and overtime and just generally bad um, working conditions. So that is the uh, most recent Lego uh, Star Wars game, in mm. case you... Yeah, so um, that one came out earlier... No, last last month, I guess it was April, right? It was very recently. Yeah. yeah, very recently. And... Um, very well received too. People really like. Very the game. well yeah, received. Yeah, it is like one of the best Star Wars games. Yeah, <laughs> after after several delays, sorry, but it was finally out. People really enjoyed it. Um, and basically, in January, so a while ago, um, employees actually spoke out about the con- con- conditions working on the game and uh, how they were just being crunched. Like there was just so much crunch and overtime and then still delay more crunch and still delay more crunch and that sort of stuff. And um, this is basically an article that came out like earlier this month. So four months later to see like, has the situation even changed? And like, how did like the, the um, employees speaking out actually 
change the situation at the studio. And because um, there was this thing where this, this article dropped where they were talking about it and like revealing their, their situation. And then the leadership at the studio made the decision to drop a trailer earlier than planned originally on the same day to kind of like overshadow that report a little bit. Sorry, a little bit sketchy and that sort of stuff. And um, luckily, apparently, stuff has gotten a bit better, though they still don't feel like they're actually being taken seriously and stuff is kind of just a little bit happening because they talked about it in, in the public. So this is kind of a little bit of saving face, but I guess that's why you talk about it in the public to yeah. make them do something, right? The, the, only, the only way you get better workers' rights is by everybody unanimously yelling about how bad their rights are. So if everybody all at the same time yells that they need better rights companies have to listen. If only one person yells that they need better rights, that person gets fired. So in, in a situation... I, I almost want to say that there might be a name for that sort of stuff when like lots of people walk out and they don't work and they talk about what's the problem. What could that word be? <laughs> uh, well, it's definitely not team deathmatch. I, I, think, I think you're referring to capture the flag. <laughs> yes, but no, exactly, exactly. Uh, you have to you have to talk about it because Unionized. appealing. What unionized? Yeah, 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 pretty much. Union. Yeah, unionized strikes. Talk about it. Put pressure on them to get better working conditions, and that's what this is. Um, it's and it's good that something changed once, it's, it's like, also like at least once. You know. Like just a, a weird place for Traveler's Tales as a studio, right? TT Games, just because, like. They're also like losing their um, umbrella corp that is selling off all of their gaming division, which is Warner Brothers, including mm. like Mortal Kombat and a lot of other stuff. It's not one that we have an article here because it's not super relevant to mo any of us here. But like, it it's interesting that you know like stories like this are coming out about this studio and the games that they've worked on because they're like probably going to be going through an ownership shift soon. Um, yeah, you know, we're in an era of a lot of acquisitions and, uh, the right to make Star Wars Lego games or just Lego games in general is owned by Warner Brothers and they're selling off their games division. So things are going to get weird for that studio. So I think now is probably a good time for them to be trying to kick up and make their rights better. Mm. But, True. Which is also weird because that Harry Potter's uh, games are going to be a <laughs> Warner Brothers thing. Anyway, um, but... Oh, yeah. And they're selling their entire games division. Anyway. Um, huh. do, 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 do we want to move on to the next one here on the list? Slightly less sad, more. <laughs> so, more of like kind of. Point finger and laugh at Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, a little bit expected, I guess. <laughs> um, so Redfall and Starfield have been delayed. Anybody surprised? No. Not really. No. What's I mean, Redfall again? That's the actual uh, problem that I have with this article. I forgot what Redfall is. Is it the, the vampire thing? I, I that's I, the one I don't care about. The problem, the problem <laughs> yeah, that I have with Redfall is I keep thinking that it and Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines something hunt. What, what's that Battle Royale game they just released? I confuse uh, this. Yeah, Blood Hunt something. Like Blood Hunt? Yeah, okay, Redfall yeah. and Blood Hunt are the same game in my brain. I can't so, differentiate yeah. between Redfall the two. Redfall is an 
Open World Coop FPS from Arcane Austin, the award-winning team behind Prey and Dishonored. Sure. So, I mean, theoretically, that could be really good because Prey was fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, I so basically, the trailer just being very yeah, the trailer didn't sell me at all. Like, yeah, like, that's true. No, yeah. no thanks. It was like, oh look, it's it kind of reminds me of Overwatch for some reason. I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> mm. So um, yeah, both Starfield, which had a release date of eleventh uh, November this year, so um, you know, because eleventh yeah, November, 11, 11, which was a really good day to release marketing it. thing. Yeah, exactly, because Skyrim was eleven, eleven, eleven. Um, but they've both been. I don't think if Redfall even had a a, a date announced. But I think it was just twenty twenty two was the release date on Redfall. Yeah, um, they've both been delayed to the first half of twenty twenty three. So that's um that's a six months window that they have, and I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be January. Probably probably no, looking more at. April, May, I'd say probably not June End because of that's first kind quarter. of. 22 yeah yeah i would think it as well because june is like middle of like a summer slump already like not many people playing so that's probably not going to be the the restate it's probably going to be um just you know yeah end of first quarter um so the thing here is now this is something that we like very briefly talked about before the podcast started which is why i want to bring it up it's like why did they delay it was that Bethesda's motivation or was that Microsoft? And was like, because they say it's not ready yet, right? Is it is it not ready because it's not even like a Bethesda level ready, aka with tons of bugs and that sort of stuff? Or is it not Microsoft ready yet? Because this is the first big game that's coming out of micro like under under microsoft earning like bethesda so it's like a big 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 franchise like well not big franchise but it's like it's like the next big thing right this is that everybody's waiting for from bethesda so is this actually going to be a bethesda game that's not going to be buggy as heck for once this is actually really interesting. So I did a quick Google search and I've landed on slash our Bethesda Softworks. And this is a, a, a post from three years ago. So keep that in mind. Um, and this is a, a, a post that reads, has uh, Bethesda Game Studios ever once delayed their games? No delay for Fallout 3, Skyrim, or Fallout 4, or Fallout 76. Yeah, exactly. This is this is unprecedented. That's interesting, actually. I for some reason mm-hmm. I because I, I literally just went and googled how many times was Skyrim delayed because for some reason I have this thought in my mind that Skyrim was delayed a whole bunch, but it wasn't. Not at all. No, it was just announced and released. Same with Fallout uh, Four, right? They announced it like what? Uh, they announced it at E3 that year, twenty fifteen. And it was just and it was it came out like what it, four months later, six months later or something. Five months later, yeah, in November, November, yep. yeah, November, yeah. Also, how many times was Skyrim de- was delayed? The most it, it, it asked me. Did you mean how many time was times was Skyrim released? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Cockroach. So, yeah. It's just it's just an intriguing thing to keep in mind. Where like it, it stokes like the little f- little flame of hope in my heart. You want to know? That... Go on, sorry. No, like that that maybe this means that Starfield is actually gonna be like like a like a step forward 
in terms of like the game and the engine and everything not being like Bethesda wonky. I just told you that the trip over oh, you go plan, you go in space. <laughs> but you but you already are in space. That's why I want to go from planet to into space by tripping on a rock. Uh, yeah, true. It could also be that uh, both the Redfall and the Starfield are like totally new IPs and not uh, uh, relying on like Fallout and whatever to carry the whole thing. So maybe they wanted to put a little more polish this time so it doesn't flop mm. uh, in the launcher and will actually launch a new whole IP that they can then do a million games and launch them every toaster and everything. I'm yeah, going to yeah. throw this out there. This is my hope. Maybe they're going, hey, in order to hit that release date, we'd have to crunch real hard. Um, what if we don't? Yeah. That would be great as well. It's, it's, it is sad being, to see me so much <laughs> I don't know how, like, people haven't really spoken out about bad crunches, Bethesda, have they? No, I haven't heard of this. So... I'd be shocked if there wasn't. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, but, like, I, hey, I, I guess it's not been as bad to actually, like, talk about publicly. And... There hasn't been any big exposés about them, but yeah, exactly. I've definitely, like, seen interviews before where they're like, yeah, we were working around the clock to get that game released, so, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is sadly kind of thing on every, every single company to some level. Because, yeah, like, Bethesda true. Games, or Bethesda Softworks, like, the, the, their game developer is actually, like, kind of small for the size of games they put it out. is yeah like they're only like 100 employees or something like it's actually like for the scale of games that they make not that big of a studio so probably mm. a very impassioned development cycle but you know, who knows i mean like delays are weird right now still right yeah like we're yep. still in the... hopefully it means a better game yeah hopefully hopefully yeah. Hopefully, hopefully i want to poke a spaceship and i want it to fly away with physics <laughs> I, I like broken physics for the first hour of a video game, and then I want it to stop. Yeah. So, just give us no. a physics slider. Can we go from like what it's intended to be all the way up to Skyrim, and then just like you get no, by no. A monster never a fix there of like ragdolling and everything in, in like Bethesda games. That's like the best feature on them. <laughs> like okay, I can just well, watch some... hours and hours of silly corpses flying uh, into space. Uh. Just, just give us mods so that I can fly a Thomas the Tanker engine into space. Oh, that will definitely. It's yeah. That's no, all. That I, that's all I really want. I I just want to. I I'm probably not going to play Starfield. I just want to see somebody mod Thomas the Tank Engine in so that you can like fly <laughs> around in space. Um, yeah. So let let let's let's since we're pulling at strings here. Um, uh, Fortnite. Uh, indie game, yeah. kind of popular. You've been flying it. Have you heard of it? At the start. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Uh, so so yeah. Fortnite is now free on cloud. Um, this was the one that we were kind of talking about at the beginning. Um, you can now play Fortnite on any device uh, for free on Xbox Cloud. So this is unprecedented and kind of cool for uh, two reasons. The first reason is to play any game on Xbox Cloud, you need to pay for Game Pass, right? However, with Fortnite and free-to-play games, now you can play free-to-play games for free in the cloud. Which on its surface is like, well, okay, Microsoft still gets the cut and it's kind of like a loss leader to get people into their services, right? Um, but it's interesting because currently you can't play Fortnite on phones. There's no way to play Fortnite on an iPhone because of the lawsuits surrounding Apple and mm. Epic. However, with this, you can now play Fortnite for free streaming on an iPhone, which is a huge audience that both Microsoft and Fortnite had lost. Yeah, and now they've got it back, yeah. Which, you know, um, 
in case you were tired of hearing about Fortnite, it's still one of the biggest games in the world, and that's not going to change. And nope, that is a huge loss leader, but also probably going to bring a lot more people into the Xbox ecosystem. And it's just it's going to make people make Microsoft accounts, you know, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, and also potentially it, make people buy some V Bucks. And oh, people will absolutely buy V Bucks because you don't want to be know. default in public. That, that that's shameful. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, um, what it's actually doing is it's it's making kids or kids kids are going to sign up for Microsoft accounts. It's it's continuing Microsoft's domination over this industry for years to come. And you yeah, know, they've been doing very good decisions lately with their with their marketing for sure. Game Pass and everything else, and how how to get everyone to basically sign up for a Microsoft account. Speaking of uh, people who make terrible decisions about things, uh, EA Games um, is uh, losing the FIFA license. Um, <laughs> so everybody's favorite organization in the world, FIFA, definitely not even remotely, um, what's the word? Uh, Money-grabby, um, corrupt, or problematic yeah. in any way, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, anyway, uh, they... Uh, okay, so... I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna read this uh, for for uh, excerpt from this uh, IGN article. Uh, for almost thirty years, EA Sports and FIFA. After almost thirty years, EA Sports and FIFA are parting ways, and EA will chart a new feature under the name EA Sports FC, which is what they are changing the name of their football game to. Uh, aside from the name change uh, and the lack of a licensing deal, means that they there could be some changes to the. Uh, tried and true FIFA formula. Um, the reason for them dropping this, uh, the license, is because FIFA wanted twice as much money. Okay, so they they were already getting paid uh, 150 million a year, and they wanted 300. Um, but they also wanted the rights to make other games on other platforms. So FIFA wanted more money. But they also wanted to you know, like make a mobile game, make a gacha game, make an NFT game. They wanted to uh, fight, uh, make somebody else make a game for the Switch. They, they, they want to have rights to do stuff with their IP. Um, and, you know, EA Games is going, how dare you make a more addictive casino than we've already built around this um, sport and uh, money milking uh, thing. So um, they've decided to go with possibly the worst name I think I've ever seen, which is EA Sports FC. So, I, yeah. okay, so I, I, I live in Canada, right? Football soccer here. Uh, why don't they call it EA Sports Soccer and EA Sports FC for Europe? Like, let's go back to that regional naming because nobody in North America is going to know what that means. Yeah. I, I suggest that just the EA uh, soccer would be EA soccer. much shorter. EA yeah. sports soccer, EA soccer sports, or something soccer. EA yeah, something, soccer. Yeah. EA FC. I don't know. Like just something. Um, and then EA sports round ball. EA sports <laughs> ball kick. Yeah, I don't Hire know. Kickoff. Why, why not call it EA sports kickoff? Yeah, that would be much better. That game. would be the arcade. Yeah, game. That would, that, pay me for that, that EA. That's okay? the arcade game with the big head mode. That would be way too much fun. They'll never make that. Yeah, but like, like EA Sports FC is like, I it is a terrible name. Like, oh. Really, really terrible. It's it's, it's so gonna bad. be really cur It's gonna be really interesting to see how this goes. Um, not because I'm gonna play it, but because uh, you know, like e FIFA 
has been extremely important. Like FIFA and Madden have been extremely important to the industry as a whole for, I don't know, 15 years, <laughs> maybe longer. Um, closer to 20 probably like as as long as i've been playing games there's been madden and there's been fifa and it's gonna be really curious to see what ends up happening with this ea sports fc and also interesting to see what fifa does next with that license like is fifa gonna go mm. give it to i don't know i embracer group and get them to make one of their studios to do something like what where's this gonna go I, it's, it's gonna be curious to see it is very interesting though, but um, I don't think it much will change to be honest though, other than the name. And they just don't have the FIFA branding on it. Because they have the separate deals anyways for the teams and players and so yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. So all of that is gonna just stay the same. It just doesn't have the FIFA name on it. Yeah, but I I guess it's a question of how good is brand recognition amongst the casual sports gamer. Yeah, I mean they're looking for the next FIFA game. And if someone else makes a FIFA twenty twenty five or whatever, they're gonna probably buy that. Instead of the whatever uh, sports club, <laughs> the other yeah. one is. Yay, sports club. Shin the game. Um, but, <laughs> you know. It's also uh, interesting that they're uh, like losing the FIFA license because they also lost uh, the Star Wars license and some of the other licenses uh, a while ago. Like They seem to be losing their like, the exclusive uh, rights to all yeah. kinds of things. Uh, it's gonna... EA Games is in a weird spot, although I think it's a weird spot of their own creating. So, um, we'll... EA is in a weird spot. Let's yeah. say it is that way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because what, what do they have now? Except the Titanfall? <laughs> yeah, but um, they killed Apex that. Legends? Oh, true, yeah, Apex. Yeah, okay. Which is in right the now. same universe as Titanfall? Um, yeah, true. Battlefield. Anthem! <laughs> wah, wah. Um... <laughs> All the flops are mm-hmm. one after another. Terra flops of flops. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's 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 EA Games and FIFA both being terrible companies. Uh, so uh, I think that brings us to the end of the news segment, and um, I, I've got uh, a little fun thing for the end here. Um, since we're still light on questions, if you want to submit questions to us over here at the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, go to the Halcyon Frequency Discord and leave a question on almost any subject in the questions room under podcast. Uh, but to kind of fill time here and add some added entertainment, I've prepared a little video game fact or fiction session. Um, so are, are, are you two ready? I am ready. I have a buzzer ready. Um, so there, there are no points and no winners or losers. And uh, if you want to keep score, you can, but I don't care. Um, yeah, this totally per- keep score. Th- this particular video game factor fiction is based on release dates. So I will say the name of a video game and the year that it came out, and it is up to you guys to tell me whether or not that release date is true or false. Okay. Ooh, okay. Oh boy. On the classic Xbox, Halo Combat Evolved came out in 2001. I have no idea. (laughs) I'm going to go with true. False. Fact. Halo Combat Evolved was released in November 2001 on the original Xbox. Really? Was that that early? Oh, wow. I completely... So to be fair, to my defense, I completely and utterly have paid in my life zero attention to the original Xbox and every and every Xbox console after that, so 
and yeah. the whole Xbox, uh, the original didn't really happen here in the backwoods of, of Europe. Yeah, to be yeah, fair. Although the I'm... PlayStation did, so PlayStation is much bigger in, in this world. Yeah. So. I've never actually played it on the Xbox. I only ever played it on PC. So mm, Fair enough. All right. This one, this one's a little obtuse, so uh, good luck. But uh, Zork, <laughs> yes. the text adventure, was released in 1985. It sounds about right-ish. Yeah. It sounds about right-ish is the same with me as well. Just fact or fiction, what do you think? I'm going to go on fact on this as well. FG? Me too. Me okay. too. You are both wrong. Zork released in 1980. Mm, um, that early. And is also playable in my Discord server in the text uh, based games room. <laughs> nice. So you I, can I, play I don't know. For some Zork, reason, you when you said Zork, mm-hmm. the, 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 the two years I had riding, rooting around in my brain was not 85. It was 81 and 86. I think 81 was Zork 2. Maybe. You know, they did make for me, it was like immediately like Zork the Nemesis. <laughs> but that's like 90s something. It, it is dark in here. You're going to be eaten by a Gru. Um, <laughs> Sid Meier's Civilization was released in 1991. Fact or fiction? Fiction. Yeah, I think so as well. So you don't think it was released wait, in 1991? Wait, 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 wait. Civilization. You said civilization, right? Mm-hmm. Sid Meier's Civilization. Because for some reason my brain meant some city. Wait, 1991. Wait. I was thinking of a different game. Well, I said civilization. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Sid Meier didn't make some cities. <laughs> fact. I know, I know, but for some reason my brain went there. It's been a long day. I say, so, I say, I say uh, fiction. So both, both of you say fiction? Well, you're, you're, you're both wrong then, because Civilization 1 released in 1991 in varying months of the year, based on region. Hmm. Grim Fandango, released in 1999. Fact or fiction? 1999 feels late, but it also feels. Time is weird. I don't like with yeah. the whole COVID and everything. I don't know what century it is anymore. Uh, that's why I'm doing stuff from previous centuries. <laughs> the fun but thing is. We are also senile and we don't have <laughs> anybody I've for anything kind anymore. Of literally not played any of these games except Zorg, like. Decades later. I like how Zork's the one you played. Yeah, yeah, right? Um, this, is, this is almost more of a video game history test. I mean, I got some that are yeah, more recent is. later, but... Sorry, I feel like I feel like I should have studied for this. No, but, like, since I played none of these games, it's really hard. And there was, like, a period in the late 90s. This is a fact about FG. There was a period in the late 90s and early 2000s where I didn't really play games that much, so I missed a lot of stuff from those years. Yeah, it's that's, also uh, that's fair. A lot of these like, games uh, I didn't the play either. 80s, 90s games that came in in, in the Europe uh, often came like later. Yeah, that's true. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. Um, Grim Fandango gonna... released in 1999. Fact or fiction? Fact. I don't know. I'm gonna go fact on this one. 
You're both wrong, but I was mean. It released in 1998. <laughs> so, Grim Fandango yeah, I mean, released in 1998 to critical positivity and overall financial flop. That was a lot mm. of point-of-click games uh, during the 90s, so it makes sense that it was around that time. It was one of the last ones. One of the last yeah. of that group, of cluster of them anyway. Um, Starcraft. The original, not Brood War, not anything else, just OG StarCraft, released mm -hmm. in 1998. Fact or fiction? Oh, shoot. These are hard. <laughs> fact. I want to say that's a fact. I want to say that's a fact. Because the dates I have in my head otherwise are too early, and I know Brood War was... I'm pretty sure Brood War was 2001. I want to say fact. Uh, no, I'm going to say fiction. Oh, wait. Oh, is, it, oh, is that when Brute War came out? It don't know. Because uh, my uh, brain uh, also says 1995 now. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Are, are you going to go with fact or fiction? No, I'm going to stand by what I said. Fact. Okay. Even if it's incorrect, yes. Starcraft did, in fact, released in 1998, same year as Half-Life. What a hell of okay. a year for video games. Bloody Half-Life, yeah. Half Grim Fandango, and Starcraft in one year. Like, yeah, the whole end God. of 90s. So like okay. all, the, all the things. 98 is like the year that all the video games came out, basically. Like mm. every major franchise that still exists in some way or another or was important practically released. Which is kind of crazy because it's over 20 years ago. Yeah. No, absolutely. Thanks. Um, I didn't need that. This speaking Friday of things Thanks. that are older than 20 years and also um, important franchises, The Legend of Zelda released in North America in 1986. Uh, I don't, we don't know about the North America. <laughs> that is, oh it God. sounds about right. Bellinaire fact? FG I'm going to go fact, though. Actually... No, wait, wait, wait. The, the original. The original, yes. On the Nintendo Entertainment Console. So I was born at about 80... Well, well not about... I was born in 1984. And then I got my Nintendo around when I was six. And I got the Zelda. Yeah, but Zelda... The first Zelda release in Europe was almost two years after yeah, that's my thing. The, the release. That's the thing. Like that I'm was, talking was about very the, late. I'm, I'm talking about the original Japanese slash NA release, which was first. It released later. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Europe. Yeah, it was I'm, like I'm it was like six months that, later for each one. Actually, I think. I just don't remember. I just don't remember if the US had the NES in 1986 already. I think in the 80s. Because because don't don't say it. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Because. I got mine in 89, because I think it came out in Europe in 88. All I know is everybody had them by the time was the I year? was born, because I was born in 94, so... I, I'm going to say fact. I'm going to say fact. Fact? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, you are both correct. The Legend of Zelda released in Japan and three months later in North America in 1986. Yeah, and the European release was... It was a very staggered release in North America. Yeah. Yeah, like it released in different get... cities at different times. It was yeah. It's like when when you have like this release in Europe uh, this year, it probably was like two years later in Finland. <laughs> yeah. Um. Here's I'm one actually that... googling this now. Uh, when the EU release was, because now I I don't even remember. 
Well, it does. It's not even mentioned on freaking Wikipedia. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on. Tell me about it. But go, keep going. I'll Doom look it up. Doom 2 Hell on Earth was related. Re related? What? Was released <laughs> in 1995. Hmm. Well, obviously, if uh, Half Life was 98, oh, then God. at least it's uh, like a couple, few years before it. Yeah. But is, is three years enough? But actually kind of puts into perspective how big of a tech jump Half-Life must have been at the time. Because <laughs> I played all yeah. those games. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it, was a, it was like mind-blowing when we got to play it the first time. Yeah. I'm going to go fact on this. Fact? Yeah, same. Same. It was kind of mean on that one. Uh, Doom 2 released in 1994. Mm. The year I was born. Mist, M-Y-S-T. Oh, no. Released in 1993. <laughs> Fact, Fact or fiction? Fact. Yeah, it seems about right. Though. That seems about right, yeah. That seems about right. Nailed it. Mist did, in fact, released in 1993. Um, here's another fun one. Baldur's Gate 2, released cool. in 2002. Was it that late? Um, fact, I want to say. I need to do math. I was... How much I was? 18? No. Maybe. No, it must be an earlier. I'm going to go fiction. Eleanor is correct. It was released in the year 2000. Oh, darn it. <laughs> XCOM 2 by Firaxis was released in 2016. False. 2016. Mm. False. I want to say false. Six years ago. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to say false as well. Fact. It released in 2016. Go look it up on Steam. <laughs> really? Yeah. That would just hurt my brain when I looked at it like an hour and a half ago. <laughs> I was like, what? I, th I thought that was part of when, when I was playing that. Well, maybe it was actually, oh no, it was probably the DLC expansion. Uh, yeah, maybe. But, huh. um, yeah, February 4th, 2016 for XCOM 2. Yeah, I remember Any watching you stream that, though. <laughs> oh, two. I didn't hear two. I said XCOM I'd... 2. Yeah, I just heard, like, that's why I'm saying I heard XCOM. Uh, that's why I was thinking, like, no, that's too early. But no, for XCOM 2, yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay, never mind. Okay, that's just me. I, I just, what I just Marvel XCOM is coming out? Ooh, yeah, good question. Forgot that existed. Um, <laughs> Roblox, released in 2008. Fact has... 14 years ago. I'm going to go... Hmm, where am I going to go? I'm going to go fiction on this. I know it's been around for a while, but I don't think it's been around since 2008, so I want to say fiction as well. Well, you're, you're both right, but for the wrong reason. Uh, it's 2005 was when it originally went into public release. 
okay. think time is broken. <laughs> and also, yeah. like, the thing that I love to remind people is everybody's just like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, Roblox is just worse Minecraft. It's like, yeah, but, like, Roblox is older than Minecraft, um, which hurts people's memories sometimes when they realize yeah. that. It's like it's also older, almost sort of older than Dwarf Fortress because it went into private beta like two years before. But anyway, um, that was uh, video game history fact or fiction. Do you have fun? Yes. Or did I just make you yes. both feel like you aged 10 years? Also, <laughs> also I, I won. Oh, it's fun. Not, yeah. My memory is broken, clearly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least we kind of got the ballpark where, where they were. It yeah, kind of sounds right, but year here or there, it's, it's kind of hard to you know, especially because they released it so weirdly in different regions. Mm. Yeah. But I do have to say, the whole Roblox thing is probably the thing that blew my mind the most. You know, that's been around that long. I have this memory of um, being at church after Sunday school, and my friend's little brother, at, like me and my friend, we were talking about Age of Empires 3, I want to say. And uh, his little brother comes up to us and goes, have you heard of Roblox? And we both looked at him and we were like, what? And he goes, yeah, Roblox. You can like make games in and stuff. And we, we both thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Um, Actually, we might have been talking about Age of Empires 2. Might have been that far back. Anyway, um, we were talking about Age of Empires. And uh, this, this, his little brother came up to us and asked if we'd heard of Roblox. And he goes, oh, a stupid game he's been playing. <laughs> See, I think the thing why that I missed like out on it... was around 2006. <laughs> because at that time, I was a lot older. And entering the job market for the first time. So I was doing different things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's still just like Roblox is like one of the biggest juggernauts of the industry and it didn't become that until like not super long ago. That's true, yeah. Yeah, I mean this was like a university time for me as well, so. Yeah. Definitely doing better things than playing Roblox. But um when you're not playing yeah, Roblox, playing Warcraft. <laughs> when you're not playing Roblox, you can listen to this podcast. And if you want to find more episodes of this podcast, you can go to halcyonfrequency.com for uh all of the episodes as well as all the places that you can subscribe to it. If you want to help us out directly, leave us a review, which we kind of like we're talking about at the beginning, but leave us a review because it really does go a long way. Um and if, if you want to come find all of us, you can find us over at halcyonfrequency.com. There's links to the team page as well as the team's youtube channel uh Bellinary, tell us a little bit about the stuff that you do and where people can find you well you can find me on twitch.tv slash Bellinar and also on youtube.com uh, slash Bellinar tv and same on the twitter as well and yeah i, I play building management strategy games all the indies some random things um but i currently playing factorio on sundays again on the multiplayer and uh, where's my schedule And FG, you want to tell us a little bit about where people can find you and the stuff that you do on the internet? Yeah, I um, I play a wide variety of games, a lot of indie games, random, some random stuff in there, uh, whatever like weird indie games I can get my hands on. You can find me at FG Squared, so that's the letter F, the letter G, and then just the word squared all smushed together on most of the places on the internet. That's uh, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, TikTokie. Uh, Patreon and whatnot. I'm also on Twitter, but there is a sneaky underscore between the FG and the squared. So it's FG underscore squared. And uh, yeah, see you around the internet. 
And I'm uh, yawning, apparently. I'm Blind IRL, and you can find me at twitch.tv slash B-L-I-N-D-I-R-L and youtube.com slash on on YouTube, I'm just bl- at blind. Uh, you can find me on Discord at blindirl and uh, on Twitter at blindirl. And I actually tweet again, so it's worth following me. Um, once again, if uh, you li- listen to podcasts and you uh, can't find this podcast, uh, just tell me where you would like to listen to it, and I'll try and make this podcast appear in that place. And uh, share this podcast around. You know, like the the there's no algorithms governing how big podcasts can get based on cool search terms. So uh, if you like this show, share it to somebody play it for your dog um throw throw it out the window playing on a cassette deck i don't know what people do these days but just like you know uh tell people that we exist so that more people listen and uh i think that's pretty much it i should stop rambling now thanks for listening to this episode of the halcyon frequency podcast we'll be back next sunday now's where we say goodbye so goodbye Bye. bye